So today, we are looking at Acts. Come on, come on. Guys, can we just, can we just take a minute just to just admit that God's in the room? Not because of anything we've done, not because of anything we've said, because God said he'd be here. It says, we're two or more gathered, there I am with you. Can I also just encourage you to open your hearts just to, just to receive anything, not, not necessarily from me or, or from, from, from anything else, but just receive from God today. just want to encourage you just to do that. You know, Dylan mentioned that um, Milton Keynes is apparently said to be the place of hard, or Britain is meant to be the place of hard soil. Let's prove them wrong. Let's prove them wrong. God's got a plan and you're a part of it. Whether we choose to believe it, on the other hand, is an entirely different story. But we've got... There's a plan. There's a plan. Where there's hard soil, you have to work harder to, to get it ready for the, for the harvest. That's, that's a given. So we've got to work. It's a privilege just to be up here today and to be able to share with you what's in my heart today. I counted a great responsibility and and something that that isn't to be taken lightly. And I want to start off just by my wife's sister here, Emily. Woo! She's yeah. just breastfeeding, so um, yeah, that's her. That's her. I just want to um, honor her, um, just because you know when it comes to preaching and, and and prepping for for any talk, there's time involved. And for me, I'm a, I'm a guy where I've got to focus on one thing at a time, whilst I, I just don't function correctly. And Em's just released me into, into being able to prepare for this today and, and just to be able to, to, to focus solely on that and just to completely be released into God's presence. My son's smiling at me, so that's, 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 a, good, that's a good sign. Um, it, it is is completely um, just honorable for, for, for Em. And yeah, so can we just give my wife a round of applause? I know she loves getting a round of applause. But as a church, we're looking at how we can stay on mission. That's the underlying theme here. Dylan did an amazing job on Acts chapter 3 last week. Um, and if you haven't listened to it, please listen to it. It's on our Spotify, True Life Church, MK. It's on there. You'll find it. The logo looks something like, like that. Come on, come on, represent, represent. Come on, that's the one. We're looking at the book of Acts because they are the early church. They were on mission. The very fact that we're all here today is because they were on mission. That's the reason. So looking at them for an example on how we can stay on mission. And Dylan spoke on Acts, uh, Acts chapter 3. One of the key things that stuck with me, and I want to encourage you to listen to these things afterwards, because sometimes on a Sunday, especially if you have babies, you can't necessarily focus on everything. Go and listen to it again. You've missed any of them, go and listen to them all. Yeah. Dylan said this, it says a sign points to something of substance. Sometimes we can stop at the sign. I love that analogy. Like you spoke about driving to the sign of Paris and then turning around and saying that you've seen Paris. You haven't, you've just seen the sign for it. <laughs> but it's focusing in on where the sign comes from. Yeah. The substance to which the sign points, being Jesus. In Acts chapter 3, there's a, there's a lame man of the gate beautiful that is healed as Peter and John pulls him up and his feet and ankles became strong. 
and he leaps and praises God as he enters into the temple for, for, for prayer. Today we're looking at Acts chapter 4. Molly, if you wouldn't mind, uh, sorry, Kenzie, if you wouldn't mind popping that up. We're looking at Acts chapter 4. I like, I like slideshows because sometimes they're just the visual aid of, of what to do. Acts chapter 4, and I want to sum it up by using the acronym ACTS. There's action, there's crowds, there's tribulations and trials, and then there's salvation. Don't, 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 no, no, you just spoke it. There we go. And then you just get off. Thanks, thanks, Kim. But I want to, how do I come back from that? Shall we read the Bible? Come on, guys. If you guys wouldn't mind turning to Acts chapter 4, we're going to look at verses from 1 to 22. And there's so many angles in Acts chapter 4 that you can look at. But I'm gonna I'm gonna try and unpack it as best I can in this acronym. I'm also touching on Acts chapter three because Acts chapter four can't stand without Acts chapter three. Acts chapter four is a continuation of what happened in Acts chapter three. This is like the to be continued after Acts chapter three, and this is the continuation of that. So it says this. Forgive me if I stutter. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were um, speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John and because it was evening they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. Can we say heard? Heard. Come on. And the number of men grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there. And so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other men, men of, the family, uh, of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled, can we say filled? Filled. With the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Who is say Jesus? Come on. It's by Jesus, isn't it? He is the cornerstone that you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Can we say must? Must. must. Come on. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized these were ordinary unschooled men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man standing there before them who was healed, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin, then conferred together. What are we going to do about these men? They asked. Everyone in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men 
to no longer speak to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help but speak about the things we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. And they could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Can we say amen? Amen. Amen. God's word is powerful, man. I was reading this and, and as I was, I was preparing for it, I was like, Your Lord, where do I go? What are you wanting to say? It's like, Dylan Stoll is a good chapter. Acts chapter 3 is such a great chapter. I was like, come on. I already touched on it once. I was like, I'm fired up for Acts chapter 3. But I got the follow on. <laughs> no, God's word is God's word. And there's something powerful in every word you can see. Yeah. This, is, this is God inspired. God breathed. That's what makes it so powerful. Maybe sitting here today saying, God's word is just a written book that people wrote and it's fallible. Please go and check for yourself. Go through this book, the book, and check for yourself. Acts chapter 3 verse 16 speaks about, it is in the name of Jesus, the faith in Christ, that this man is healed. That's where we, we are. And so we're looking at the action of what's happening here. Does anyone know what the action is? The action, Kenzie. The action. There we go. There we go. We get, we're getting there. So the action is this, this lame man sta- sitting at the gate, standing, sitting at the gate, beautiful, gets healed miraculously as God enabled Peter and John to do so. He is proof that in the name of Jesus, there is healing. Dylan mentioned last week, which when you think about the theology of healing, we constantly pray, how is it out of 10? How's it feeling out of 10? And sometimes that works. But we see it immediately happen throughout the Bible. See the man who is demon-possessed, who comes from the tomb, running to God, immediately he is set free. The Bible speaks in Luke about how we have the power and authority to drive out all demons and cure all diseases. When? Immediately. Mm. By who? By the Holy Spirit. The action is that God healed this man through Peter and John. There are two types of actions. There's the healing of this man and then there's the lifting of this man. Two types of actions. <coughs> are we just going to say, Lord, bless this man and heal him, or are we going to lift him up yeah. and live out the action of God? Yeah. The action of God has to be followed on with the proof of His Word yeah. as we lift this man up. Yeah. As we act on the action of God. We have to act on the action of God. God's ready to act, guys. Yeah. He's ready to act. Yeah. I love how, you know, in the end of uh, verse 22, for the man who, who was paralyzed and miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Mm-hmm. It's like an extra bit. Yeah. If anyone likes theology, 
This man was there when Jesus, Mike, I get you right. This man was there when Jesus was walking into the tomb. I can just imagine Jesus walking past him and be like, your time's coming, bro. Your time's coming. It was Peter and John, the action. There was partnership there. If Peter and John never looked straight at him, this man probably wouldn't have been here. It was the action within the action. I wanted to explain a few things, just because there's a few terms in here that... Um, I've got a joke, a joke coming as well, so just prepare yourselves for that. Dylan's advised me not to speak, not to, not to say it, um, and, and everyone's advised me not to say it, but I'm going to say it because I'm like, come on, thank you, Kenzie. There's my wife. That's a yes, please. Um, I'll take that. Um, there we go. Yes, dear. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, so, so we have this word, the Sadducees. Do we know what the Sadducees are? Oh, why are you ruining it? <laughs> oh, you know what? So the Sadducees, they believed, um, they didn't believe in life after death. Right? So there was a difference between the Sadducees and the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the opposition to Jesus, although the Sadducees were present in Jesus' time and questioned him, they weren't the main opposition to Jesus. Jesus was preaching the kingdom of God, so the Pharisees constantly attacked that. And then the Sadducees come into Acts and they play a more dominant role in how they, they approach the church and how they, they, they react to the church. And, and their belief system is that they don't believe in anything spiritual, whereas the Pharisees believe in deliverance. They believe in... It. Oh, pardon me. Ooh. Excuse me, I don't know what that was. And um, it was that like joke brewing. Um, so, so the Sadducees, the Sadducees be- didn't believe in the spiritual. They didn't, they didn't believe in life after death. That's why they are sad, you see? Uh, Where's that? Yeah, we'll play that in the drums later. Um, but yeah, yeah, thank you guys. Laugh, please. There we go. I was reading this and I thought that's called grace I know bro I know I'm exercising the faith in this church bro and the grace in this church yeah no Uh, when I was reading this I was like the Sadducees they didn't believe in life after death that's sad that is sad imagine a life without life after death if you're sitting here today and you say I'm actually that person I don't believe in life after death I want to encourage you, friend. Look into the scriptures. <coughs> Speak to someone. Have hope. Because there's more to life than meets the eye. If this is what we live for, if, this is, if, this, if there's nothing after death, then what are we doing? I wouldn't be here. Like, no offense. I'd be living it up somewhere. Where I can probably can't afford. Because it doesn't matter. There has to be life after death. Pharisees and um, so the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. That's why they were greatly disturbed when Peter and John are proclaiming and preaching the resurrection of the dead in Jesus Christ. They were angry, greatly disturbed. It's not just a, oh, this guy's, you know, when you, when you start talking about the religious stuff and work and people are like, oh, here he goes again. No, it's not, it's not that. It's, they were churning in their hearts. They were 
disturbed. It's like when you see something really disgusting and you're disturbed to your core, it's that same disturbed that they probably felt. This goes against everything they believed. Now in Acts chapter 4, we also see the first persecution of the church because of the disturbance that Peter and John caused to the Sadducees. They come and they seize them and they take them and put them in jail. It's the first account of the persecution against the church that we see. Does anyone know that the Bible says that you'll be persecuted for my men? Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's the first time we see it, but it's no surprise because Jesus said it. Mm. It can't be a surprise. If you're not being persecuted for what you believe in, then we need to have a chat. Yeah. Mm. And see what you're believing. If you're believing the right thing, are you saying it? Because if you're not saying it, then are you believing the right thing? Because we're going to get on to that. My C, my letter C. Letter C, there we go, Kenzie. Get in there. The letter C is the crowds. The crowds. The crowds gathered in Acts chapter 2. The, cow- the crowds gathered in Acts chapter 3 and 4. There's always crowds. There's always people around listening to the word of God. In some way or another. See, but the great commission that Jesus gives us. says, go into all the world. Make disciples of all nations. Preach the word. And, and all of this, when you're in your workplace, there also comes the great persecution. <laughs> The Great Commission is followed with great persecution. The two can't go, ha- can't go without one another, which is kind of sad when you think about it. Here in the UK, we don't necessarily have that, but we'll, we'll touch on that when it comes to trials and tribulations. But we don't necessarily have anything bad, too bad at least. But with the Great Commission comes the great persecution. The two go hand in hand. Why? Because Jesus says that you'll be persecuted for my name's sake. You'll be hated because of me. I'm really selling the whole Christian thing if you aren't a Christian, aren't I? Believe me, there's more to it than that. You know, being hated is just a temporal thing. But get over it. The crowds were amazed. People are either offended by the gospel or they're drawn in by the gospel. Mm. There are two categories. The crowds will always gather there either to persecute or to hear the message and believe. Mm. There are two people, two types of people when it comes to the preaching of the word. As a crowd, there are those who believe and there are those who don't believe. And what they do after that comes from what they believe or don't believe. The crowds gather. In Acts chapter 4 verse 4, it says this. But many who heard the message believed. And the number of men grew to about 5,000. See, faith comes by hearing the word. Yeah. Yeah. By hearing the word. Amen. In Romans, it speaks about, not all, not, but not all the Israelites will accept the good news. For, the, for, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the word. And the word is heard through Christ. And by also, there's, there's also another scripture where it comes about preaching the word. That you need to preach the word whenever you're around people. 
faith comes by hearing the word. You see, the amazing thing is that Peter and John were ordinary men. Dylan mentioned this uh, last week. Was that these guys were doing an ordinary thing, going to, 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 to the temple at the time of prayer, which is about 9 o'clock, it says. And they were doing an ordinary thing, but then the extraordinary happens in the ordinary thing. What is the ordinary thing for? It is for God. It is in worship of God that the ordinary thing brings the extraordinary. That when they address the crowds, which is, which is following on from the extraordinary, these are still ordinary men, but God does the extraordinary yeah, in their hearts. Because as they speak, God is the one who makes the seed grow in their hearts. And they believe because God does the extraordinary in the crowds. I love how the scripture speaks about that. The, the, the number grew to about 5,000. Dylan said, are we ready for 3,000? <laughs> well, are we ready for 5,000? <laughs> and the number grows and the number grows. But I love the wording that they use. They don't use joint. They didn't use anything, but they use the word added. Added. When you're added in, you are part of. You become an adoption. You are in, you're adopted into something. With adoption comes purpose. And it's just to be. Just to be. They were added and the number grew to about 5,000. The crowds are us, believe it or not. Every single person here today is a part of that crowd. Whether we choose to believe it or to not believe it. We see the first persecution of the church happen in Acts chapter 4 where, where they seize these men and put them into jail. That's, that's mild compared to what's to take place in the future. Peter and John are chucked into prison. Not a great prison I can imagine at the time. But that's the first persecution that you see in the world. So this takes me on to my tea, my trials and tribulations. We cannot expect to be preaching the word of God without any opposition if you do look carefully at what you're saying if you are just tuning into what people want to hear are you truly telling the truth trials and tribulations come because of Jesus and I'm not saying that you know it's the end this whole Christian thing is just you know, you're going to get ch stones chucked at you. No. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, it says, Blessed are you who face trials and tribulations. And it goes on to like insults and people who take your name and essentially rub it in the dirt. And um, who speak badly of you. Because mm. that's a lot. What, that, that's kind of what happens here in the UK. And I chose that verse specifically because in the UK, we're not necessarily being killed or chucked into prison. But being shouted at. Uh, we were in Hull once, <laughs> and this man, man, it, it really affected me, and it's still in my head. <coughs> so I'm a guy that I, I, I'll be ready, you know, I'm keen. Um, to, stuff's going down, I want to see what's happening, and I want to get in there. South and African. Yeah, that's it, I'm South African. You know, if there's an injustice happening, I'm there, because I want to see justice happening. And I'm like, Lord, give me the strength and the muscles. Um, to beat on some people and preach the good news. <laughs> um, 
But anyway, this man in, in Hull, uh, he was preaching the word of God, and we saw these kids all like running to this lake. So it turns out that they chucked his Bible into the, the water. So we went, we got it out. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, I got it out because I thought, I feel bad for this guy. Like, maybe the way he was doing it was slightly wrong, but he was preaching the word of God, and therefore we need to stand with him in this. And, and so I went and got this Bible out. It was soaked, but they were trying to chuck it in deep, but got it out, gave it to him. <laughs> and, like, the firing um, kind of target changed. It was right at me. I was like, yo, I ain't the one preaching here. I'm just the one getting the Bible out the water because this is, a, you know, he's a fellow human being. But that's the persecution we'll probably face in the UK. Yeah. Getting shouted at, they were chucking stuff at him, like pouring water all over him, eggs and, and whatnot. I'm like, at the end of the day, if they chuck eggs at you, make scrambled eggs. <laughs> come on, come on. Stinky. But it's not, it's not, it's nothing in comparison to what the, the early apostles faced. Yeah. I remember I was in a bus station once and I was waiting for a bus and I had 20 pounds. I was fresh off the plane. So, anybody here, South African? R South Africans, raise your hand. Come on. 20 pounds in the car. Your whole back row. Like <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> uh, it, I had 20 pounds. So 20 pounds is about 400 rand. And I was fresh off the plane. Yeah, 400 rand is a lot of money, man. And I was sitting there and I felt God say, give this homeless man, you know, 20, 20 pounds. I was like, Lord, no. I felt God say, give him 20 pounds. And I was like, eventually I, I got up, I went to this man. I said, listen, man, I feel God wants to just bless you. Like, he has 20 pounds. It's the only 20 pounds I had. Um, but said here we are and, and he just looked at me weirdly swore at me and walked away very loudly I might add he swore at me in a bus station and I thought okay that's awkward I just put my 20 pounds back in put my headphones in and just looked down and, and so I sat down and um, I looked up because I thought God say give this man 20 pounds I looked to the window and he was standing right there and I thought, Lord, I'm not giving this guy 20 pounds. He's already sworn at me. <laughs> no, this is not on. He's already rejected the 20 pounds. This ain't happening. I've already faced my trials and tribulations. I don't want any more. <laughs> I thought God said, give this man 20 pounds. So I got up eventually after negotiating for quite a while. I said, Lord, I'll give him 10. Give him a 10. Come on. You know? But now, anyway, I get up. Go to this man. I'm like, listen, man, I don't know what it is, but God, I feel God say, he wants to bless you and here's the 20 pounds. The man unleashed a cannon of swear words and insults. However, in that very moment, God said to me, See, no matter how good I am, not everyone will accept. Mm. I didn't hear what the guy said. I, I genuinely don't. And at that moment, my bus came. So I just like, stepped right into it. <laughs> I thought, thank you, Lord, for the deliverance. But in those moments, it's not everyone will accept God no matter how good he was or how good he is when we face trials and tribulations and we speak the word of God we have to speak it with deep conviction Peter and John filled with the Holy Spirit and I love this they healed this man and then they brought before the Sanhedrin Filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter gets up and he says this to them. Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being asked to give an account of, uh, of an act of kindness shown to a cripple, and are being asked how he was healed, 
Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, that God has, uh, and who, but who God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you here. Yeah. As Peter gets up, it is in fulfillment of scripture that was said before in Luke chapter 12, where it says that the Holy Spirit will teach us in the time when we need it. Mm. What to say. So Peter gets up filled with the Holy Spirit, complete completion and fulfillment of the scripture recorded in Luke. But isn't it also amazing that Peter, earlier on during Jesus' time, is denying Jesus in the courtyard of the temple, and then... Filled with the Holy Spirit speaking within the temple to the Sadducees and the the, the, the elders. God changes people. God changes people. He also teaches us what to say in those moments when we face trials and tribulations. In Timothy 2, chapter 4, it speaks about giving an account in and out of season for what we believe in. Are we giving an account for what we believe in? And I'm not saying that you've got to know all the knowledge and be able to present a good argument. No, I'm saying rely on God to teach you in those moments when you've got to give an account for the gospel of God. But also know your stuff in partnership with the Holy Spirit. I think when we face our trials and tribulations, there's only one person we can rely on that can transcend our trials and our momentary pain. A moment, uh, the, 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 the pain we face in the moment is nothing compared to what Jesus faced on the cross. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to look to Him when those trials and those tribulations come. Someone once said, if you're not feeling an uphill battle, then are you going the right way? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going downhill. Because <laughs> uh, that's where I feel I'm going. No, it's, you've got to go in the direction of God. And if you aren't feeling that pressure, that weight... That opposition, then are you going the right way? Verse 12 says that it is by the name, there's no other name given to men under heaven by which we must be saved. Yeah. Mm. This man is healed because of the name of Jesus. Yeah. Mm. Physical healing doesn't mean saved. It is by the name of Jesus that this man is healed. But it is also by the name of Jesus that this man must be saved. If you're sitting here today, and we're going to get onto this when we touch on salvation, you're saying, "Listen, yo, there's no, you know, I'm not going to get saved from from anyone. Like, I don't need saving." The Bible speaks about that you need saving. You need saving. If you quickly evaluate your life and honestly take a moment and speak to yourself you'll quickly realize that you aren't as perfect as you see. That you need saving. Verse 13, it speaks about these men being unschooled, ordinary men. It doesn't say that they were dumb. They're not stupid. Um, like, they were just they were fishermen, but it doesn't mean that they were stupid. Like They weren't like thick in the, in the sense that they, they don't know anything. They, were just, they didn't go to the right Bible college, essentially. When the, when the, when the Sadducees say that, they took note that these men were ordinary men. They were unschooled ordinary men. But then it goes on to say, but they, 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 they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Yeah. 
You see, have you ever been with, with Jesus for a little while? And you've just encountered Him and just His presence in that secret place? And then just felt like, felt on fire. Yeah. You just felt this burning. It's like light a match. Yeah. Yeah. Set, you know, let it go. Set a blaze. That, that same ablaze. And if you're sitting here today and, you're not, and you don't necessarily feel that, get to that secret place. Yeah. Yeah. Light a match. Let it go. Set a blaze. Yeah. It's a powerful thing. Spending time with Jesus changes people, man. Yeah. It's like, I don't even need to say anything more than that. Yeah. Spending time with Jesus ignites yeah. something in our hearts. Yeah. Think about it, think about it. The, 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 you know, the 12 disciples, they, 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 they're with Jesus. Jesus dies. They've been with Jesus physically. And then we have the entirety of the church after that. Yeah. Happens through them partnering with Jesus, but spending time with Jesus. Yeah. Such an important thing. We've got this thing of, oh, I'm too busy, I can't, I can't spend time with God. Mm. I'm too busy, I can't spend time with God. It's a lie. Yeah. I've fallen victim to it so many yeah. times. Like I'm, I'm too busy. I can't fellowship. Mm. I've, got, I've got work. I've got to do this or that. Mm. Where's God in your priority list? Yeah, yeah. amen. Where's God? Mm. See, spending time with God does something to you and to the people around you. Mm. You become contagious, like Moses, who he was with God on, on the mountain. He gets, he comes down, and his face is shining. <laughs> Like shining, like actual shining. <laughs> um, it's, his actual face is shining. There's a physical appearance that shifts that you can see that these men have been with Jesus. I had to cover him up. <laughs> that little light inside of you, is that shining brightly for Jesus? Or is it just laying dormant in a corner in a cupboard? Let it out. Yes. Let your face shine, man. Amen. Spend time with Jesus because He'll make you shine brighter. This little light of mine has to be a lighthouse. Yes. Come on. My lighthouse. Come on. There's one thing that can never be argued with. It's a life transformed by Jesus. Yeah. <coughs> See, when you spend time with Jesus, and there's a difference between knowing all about Him and knowing Him, just saying that, the spending time with Him is knowing Him intimately. And knowing all about Him is looking through your Bible and reading all the commentaries and, and knowing, you know, the exegesis of this and that. No. It's pointless. If you can be argued into something, you can be argued out. You've got to be founded in a relationship with Jesus, knowing Him. Not knowing all about him. Yeah. These guys knew Jesus. They knew the kingdom. Mm. I wanted to capture this. This Acts chapter 4 with boldness. Because I think boldness is what is needed. And boldness is what we see here. Where, where Peter and John filled with the Holy Spirit become bold. In sharing the word of God. They were on mission even during persecution. Mm. They were on mission. 
We've got to be bold in our action. We've got to be bold in the crowds that we speak to. We've got to be bold in our trials and tribulations. We've got to be bold in our salvation. Which takes me on to my S. Our final point. My final verse. (laughs) Some people are like, praise the Lord. (laughs) Hope not. (laughs) Salvation. The salvation of people. The salvation of God's people. Believe is the most important <coughs> thing for God. Else he wouldn't have sent his son. Yeah. Man, I wouldn't send Henry. I'm sorry, guys. I'll be like, yo, you're going to hell. <laughs> sorry. But God shows his love for us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. Though Jesus was put to death by the very human race that he came to save, God planned this from the beginning from before the foundations of the earth was laid he planned that my people need saving but only some will believe doesn't give us the excuse to stop speaking no it says preach but only some will believe so don't be discouraged when you face trials or, or tribulations or anything of that sort to be insulted this and that Take courage. Be bold in your salvation. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. We cannot be saved by anyone else except for Jesus' name. And if if there was something else, this would be pointless. But we're here and all of generations, the generations up until, you know, from, from um, Acts all the way to now have realized this thing. People have died for it. I love how it says, that, you know, when Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit and he's speaking to, to the elders and the leaders and he says, but, and they've given them threats. They've thrown some stuff at them. And they said, but we cannot help but speak of what we've seen and heard. Are we convinced by the Spirit of Jesus what we've seen and heard so much so that we're ready to face the trials and tribulations? Mm. Jesus uh, endured the cross, scorning its shame for the joy set before Him. And our salvation is that joy. Mm. Are you willing to take the trials and tribulations because you're bold in your salvation? Mm. Are you willing to be bold in your salvation. God's given us the opportunity to personally know Him. By sending His Son to the earth, putting Him on a cross. Putting His Son on the cross, the most brutal way to die at the time. So that you and me, friends, it's gone quiet. That you and me, friends, could have joy set before us. So So that when we face our trials, because we will, we will. That we have joy set before us. Worship team, I wonder if you can just come up. If you're sitting here today, and you're saying, I'm not bold enough, no. I've lit a match, but it's still just only a match. And I put my match 
inside of just the drawers in the corner of my house, in the corner of my heart. I want to encourage you. Just to put your hand up. Can we all just stand? We all just stand. Just pop your hand up, if that's you. And you want to you wanna take that match out of your drawer, and you want to worship Jesus. You want to let it go and set it ablaze. If that's you, just if you don't mind just popping your hand up. And then people around you, if you see someone next to you who've got their hand up, and you pray with them, and if there's someone here today who doesn't know God, then I want you to know, I want to encourage you, friend, that there is no under no other name under heaven by which you must be saved. You may look elsewhere, you ain't gonna find it. You may search and search and seek and seek, but there is no other name under heaven by which you must be saved. I want to pray this prayer and it it's captured in verses 23 onwards and I'm not going to say word for word but I just want to encapsulate this thought because it's such a powerful prayer it says sovereign lord you made the heavens and the earth with everything in it lord speak to us through your through your word and through your spirit though we face opposition that we face trials and tribulations. Lord, I pray that you give us the answers when we need them. That you fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, give us the boldness and the strength to share your name wherever we go, Father. Lord, stretch out your hand and heal your people, Father. Father, touch your nation. Touch your people. Father, fill us afresh, Lord. Where we've only got a match, Lord, that you would help us let it go, Father. That you'd fill us afresh, Father. That you fan into flame that little match, Father, to, to set it ablaze for you, Father. So much so that it'd be like the furnace, Father, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Father. That when people come close to it, Father, they realize it's hot. They realize it's hot. Father, set us, a, set, us a, set us on fire, Lord. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Jesus. Fill us like you did Peter, Father. Help us light that match if we have it, Father. And just to let it go. Let you do it. In Jesus' name. Amen.